spirit realm concerning us, concerning our return. And so, God, I just thank you for the privilege. At any point, Holy Spirit, you can take these notes and turn them around, do whatever you want, because I yield myself to you, spirit, soul, and body. This is your service, not mine. I pray for the children's church also, God. I pray that, as Dan teaches in there this morning, that the children will receive what is taught to them. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. So let's go ahead and let's look at um, the seven reasons for encouragement. Number one was supplies in famine. And we're not news listeners. Once in a while, we're turning on in the car. Once in a while. I take so much of it and I go get it off. But um, if you don't know what's going on in the world just by praying in tongues and in the spirit realm, you know, God will show you what's going on. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians 9, 7, 8. And I'll just read through there again. Well, let's move up a little bit. to start with verse 1. Chapter 9, 2 Corinthians, verse 1, Amplified Bible. Now about the offering that is to be made for the saints, God's people in Jerusalem, it's quite superfluous that I should write to you, for I am well acquainted with your willingness, your readiness, and your eagerness to promote it. And I have proudly told about you to the people of Macedonia, saying that Acacia, most of Greece, has been prepared since last year for this contribution, and consequently your enthusiasm has stimulated the majority of them. Still, I am sending the brethren on to you, lest our pride in you should be made an empty boast in this particular case, and so that you may be all ready, as I told them you would be. So he had great faith in these people that they would be ready to give. Amen? Lest if any Macedonian should come with me and find you unprepared for this generosity, we to say nothing of yourselves be humiliated for our being so confident. Father, we just bind every demonic spirit, every principality and power that would try to come against the word today and steal the word today. And we just loosen angels in this house this morning. We loosen the gifts of the spirit to be in operation. That is why verse 5 I thought it necessary to urge these brethren to go to you before I do and make arrangements in advance for this bountiful promised gift of yours 
so that it may be ready, not as an extortion wrung out of yours, so that it may be ready, not as an extortion wrung out of you, but as a generous and willing gift. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously, that blessing may come to someone, will also reap generously and with blessings. Let each one of you give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving, whose heart is in his giving. You know, we want our hearts to be in our giving. Now, this is not talking about tithing here. This is talking about sowing seed, okay? So, is your heart, one thing you might want to write down, is my heart in giving? You know, I've had people come to me and tell me that God has told me that I am a, um, I'm to bless people with giving, in, with my giving, yet this person wasn't even a tither. God can't bless, God wouldn't speak to someone that's not even a steady tither and tell them that he wants them to be a, a, a blesser of people and a giver if they're not even giving God his tithe and expecting to get a hundredfold return or, or anything, anything back on it. But it was real interesting me, to me that this person would brag how they had the gift of giving, and yet it wasn't so. And it was quite interesting. This person was known amongst the churches of going from church to church saying this, and it wasn't so. Okay, and so quite interesting. You know, if you are a giver, you don't have to be telling anybody that you're a giver. I mean, it's in your heart. You can't help but, but give. You know, the thing that I've all, always noticed, you know, a lot of times there will be people that never pick up the check they're not going to get very far if they never pick up the check. You know, I've had people say, no, I don't want you to. And I've had to say, no, I need to. You know, I need to, I need to give. I need to pay this. It's a need that I have in myself to give it. So, you know, I understand that People want to take us out, and I think that's a blessing, but there's time that we need to take you out also. Okay, I want you to all understand that, okay? And so I want you to listen to this. And God, it says to, let's look at this a minute, verse 7, let each one give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. You know, let's take the missions. Let's take this Christmas missionary giving that we give every year to the missions, okay? 
most of us should have already purposed in our heart what we're going to give. You know, usually the way that you purpose in your heart on something like this is you give it for, for last year and then you in your heart have a desire to give a certain amount for next year. And I don't know if the banks still do, do this, Lisa could tell me, but I don't know if they still have the Christmas Club. Do they have that? So it's kind of like a Christmas Club savings that you would give, prepare to give to this, to the orphanages or whatever. You would set it aside for this. I'm just, I'm not telling you you need to do this. I'm just telling you this is kind of what Paul is saying here. We've said we're going to do this now. Are you really ready to do it, or did you decide you wanted to go out and buy a, well, they didn't have cars in those days, so whatever form of vehicle or whatever they had to get around. In other words, did you, did you keep your promise? Well, I always liked the Christmas fun thing because I knew if I put it in there, I wasn't going to take it out. It was something that I set aside for that. Okay, so let's look at this a minute. So let us each give as he has made up his own mind and purposed in his heart, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion, for God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things. Now, when God says he prizes something above the other things, my ears perk up right there. You know, it's kind of like 3 John 2. I usually write that on everything. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. You notice he says he brings prosper, prosperity before healing. Okay, so here he's saying that he is takes pleasure in prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to giver whose heart is in his giving. So he is, he is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to giver whose heart is in his giving. So in other words, this is something that God has already placed on people's hearts. And he's saying that it's something that he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things, and is willing to abandon or do without. That's, that's heavy when you think about this. That's how much God thinks about your giving. You know, and we're learning this also in the early class. And God is able to make all grace and every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. Why? Because he has already, he's already said here that he takes pleasure, prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt to it giver whose heart is in his giving, and God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. So he's saying, you do this, I'm coming to you in abundance. That's pretty powerful when you look at this. I mean, to me it is at least. It has to be or he wouldn't have me spending two weeks on this scripture. Amen? 
so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be self-sufficient possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation God knew and God knows he knew about the the, the Great Depression that was going to take back, when was it, in the 20s or whenever? He knew what was going to take place in the times that we live. He knew that there would be famines and that there would be sowing. Remember? Who sowed in famine? Isaac? And who else? Come on, out loud. You don't know? Didn't his, didn't his father? Come on, folks. How much do you know on giving? Would you like to tell them who sowed in famine? Isaac and Jacob and what happened oh my goodness they prospered they prospered so what's going to happen to those that sow in famine it's like when they gave that amount this morning on how many have quit tithing and quit giving and and that was, I don't know, how many years ago? Terry probably knows. How many years ago that took place? I'm going to tell you right now, there are less people giving now than, than back then. You know, I've heard people actually say, you know, well, I, not here, not in this church, but I've had pastors tell me that they've had people tell them, we can't afford to give our, our tithe because if we give our tithe, we're not going to eat. Yet my Bible says I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his seed begging for bread. Amen? Thanks. Thank you. So when God is able to make all grace, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So he is making all grace. Every favor and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. He's making it happen right now. As I speak to you the scripture, faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. It is happening. And he says, so that you may always, not part of the time, but always, even in the, in the King James, that God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you will, that ye always having all sufficiently sufficiency in all things may abound in every good work he sees you abounding he doesn't see anything but abundance and you abounding as it is written he the benevolent person scatters abroad he gives to the poor his deeds of justice and goodness and kindness and benevolence will go on and endure forever so that which you've given, it goes on and it will endure forever. God sees it. It's, it's 
when he looks at you and he looks at your seed and he sees what you've given, he sees, he, he sees it going on forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. Hallelujah. We're supposed to make the Jews jealous. And God will provide seed for the sower and bread for eating will also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase the fruits of your righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. You know, there's people out there that are telling you to buy all this food right now to stock up, and it's going to last you 25 years. Have you ever seen the garbage out there? I can't even imagine myself. If God can't, God promised, if he's going to give them, his children, quail and manna, think what he will feed us. He's promising here abundance. And yet people have food storage, storage all over. They need to start giving it away before it rots. Amen? <laughs> Pastor found something in our pantry that you know, the stuff that we used to eat in that pantry, we don't anymore, and he cleaned it out the other day. And something had opened up and spread all over in it, and he was in there cleaning it out the other night. You know, what good did that do? You know, I think Twinkies have a shelf life. They went out of business and something, somebody else. You know, if you're going to get something, I, I can't imagine having hordes and hordes and hordes of food just sitting there. You know, whatever. If you want, if that's what you feel to do, go do it. I'm not telling you not to, but go do it. So he says, and he will provide seed for the sower and bread for eating and also provide and multiply your resources for sowing and increase in fruits and righteousness, which manifests itself in active goodness, kindness, and charity. Thus you will be enriched in all things and in every way. You will be enriched in all things and in every way. Those are two important. This scripture right here, you'll be enriched in all things in every way. Those are two points you really want to, want to write down right now. All things in every way so that you can be generous and your generosity as it is administered by us will bring forth thanksgiving of God. For the service and the ministering of this fund renders does not only fully supply what is lacking to the saints, God's people, but it also overflows in many cities of thanksgiving to God. Because of your standing of the test of this ministry, they will glorify God for your loyalty, for your loyalty and obedience. Loyalty and obedience. There are several words that I've spoken out here today that I hope you're picking up because these are things that God is looking for in this hour. Loyalty and obedience to the gospel of Christ, which you confess, as well as for the generous-hearted liberal liberality to them and to all the other needy ones, and they yearn for you while they pray for you because of the suppressing, 
surpassing measure of God's grace, his favor and mercy, and spiritual blessing which is shown forth in you. What a promise. Now thanks be to God for his gift, precious beyond telling his indescribable, inexpressible free gift. Okay, we're going to stay here for a little bit. Let's go ahead and look at this. In Psalms 36, 8, abundance. I couldn't stop saying the word abundance last week. I told you I'm not going to stop until God tells me to stop. I spoke it forth all week long. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. For with thee is the fountain of life, and in the light shall we see light. Thank God. They relish and feast on the abundance of your house, and you cause them to drink of the stream of your pleasure. For with you is the fountain of life. Your light, in your light do we see light. Thank you, Jesus. Let's look at Psalms 41.4. Abundance. Whoops, I think we blew it there. Hang on. I just helped it out, I'm sure. Psalms 41.1. I must have hit the wrong one. Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. Is that what yours says? Blessed is he that considereth the poor. The Lord will deliver him in the time of trouble. Well, let me put it to us all bluntly. We are in the time of trouble right now in our land. So what he's saying to you is, you will be delivered during this time. It will not touch you. It might try to 
try to bug you. It might try to. But you take the scriptures and you ram it down the enemy's throat. Amen? Proverbs 3, 9. I like the 23rd Psalm. You know, the Lord's had me be, I've been reading the 23rd Psalm quite a bit. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, for any kind of an animal where they want to lie down is a green pasture, amen? Just close your eyes a minute and think about this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not lack. God doesn't have lack. You know, you've got the righteous and you've got the unrighteous. Lack is not a part of the promises for the righteous. That, that word is not even in there for us. Not lack, but that God doesn't even think that way towards us. He can't think that way towards us. He thinks prosperity, abundance, blessings, supernatural, supernatural blessings, whatever, you know, the scripture that means so much to me is, and I, th I think about this scripture so often as, the things impossible with man are possible with God. Man might tell you, I can't do it, it's not there, but God, with God it's possible. He will do it. He will bring it to pass. What was that scripture again? I'm sorry. Proverbs 3, 9 through 10. We've got to get our minds turned around and set differently. And I realize that when you're working, you're around a, a bunch of non-believers that can't see this. But you, you're the one. You're the light of the world. You're the light of the earth. You've got to light these people up. You've got to share them this with them. Proverbs 3, 9, and 10. Okay. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors. And with the first fruits of all your income. So you so your storage places be filled with plenty, so shall your storage places be filled with plenty, and your vats will be overflowing with new wine. Honor the Lord with your capital and sufficiency from righteous labors. You know, when you give your tithe check, you should have certain scriptures written on there at the bottom. You know, there's a little line there for a reason. You need to write scriptures. You need to take scriptures and write them there. God, this is what I'm doing. This is, this is, I am holding you responsible to cause this scripture to come to pass. Amen? Okay. Let's look at 
Did we get to, did we do Psalms 36, 8? Okay. We did? Okay. I'll tell you what happened. I got screwed up on my, <laughs> on my notes here. Okay. Um, John 10, 10. If you don't know John 10, 10 yet, there's something wrong. The thief cometh not but to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I came to give life and life more abundantly. I like the way he puts it. He says, the thief comes only in order to, kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they might have and enjoy life and have it in its abundance to the full till it overflows. He wants you to have it in its abundance to the full till it overflows. That's how God thinks. Pressed down, shaken together, running over. I want you to think of a cereal box or a box of whatever. You open it up and it's like a third, at least a third gone. Well, the way God sees things, and Pastor did this one time. He brought a cereal box and he just kept heaping it in and shoving it down till it overflowed. That's how God thinks. We've got to get a, our, our minds focused on how God thinks towards us. And we need to keep our mind focused there. He is not a God of lack. Like I said earlier, some, if you need to pick up the ticket sometimes when you're out to eat. That shoves, you know, in the sermon, the early sermon today, it talked about giving, and, and as they were speaking, the Lord showed me, sometimes you've got to prime that pump. Sometimes it's like that pump is stuck. And what I normally do at that point is I start shoving more money into it. I just start giving more money into it to push it. Right now we have in our house, in our bathroom, we have a drain that's slow. And the, we need to clear out underneath the sink, which is going to be a major job to get the, to get the pipe and, you know, whatever. Or you can shove one of those things down there to get it to push it through or drain or whatever. Well, sometimes there's a blockage and you need to prime that thing. You need to shove more money into it to get it moving. That's what I've found, at least in our lives. That's what I've had. That's what I not have had to do, but that's what the Lord's told me to do. If there's an area where I get stuck in my mind... And I, and I start to, the enemy starts to come and say, well, it's not working. What's happening? I just pull out a $100 bill or something, or I go to the bank and get one, and I give it. I just forget it. It shuts him. I will tell you, it shuts him up immediately. So we go without something. Amen? Okay. Um, 2 Corinthians 9.8. Of course, that's where we are, and we know it, so let's go there. I hope you're getting this, because this, I still hear the sound of abundance. God is able to make all grace, every favor, 
and earthly blessing come to you in abundance. I want you to really meditate on this scripture this week so that you may always and under all circumstances and whatever the need be sufficient, possessing enough to require no aid or support and furnish in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. You know, a lot of people are raised with a poverty mentality. Thank God I was not raised that way. Okay? That just poverty, lack, none of that was ever mentioned in our home. It, it just wasn't. Some people are. You've got to get yourself over it. And the only way you can get yourself over this is to give. You've got to get your, give yourself out of it. So, and read and trust and expect. You know, this is an area, if he says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Prosper. I Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper. You know, all this thing that's going on in our country today is over health insurance is over a fear of becoming sick and you can't take care of yourself let's think let's really think about what all this is over this is not god i'm going to put it bluntly this isn't god that's that's this is the devil kill steal destroy, sickness, disease, whatever, that's on his side. Life and life more abundantly, that's on God's side. So we have a whole nation right now that is fearful over health insurance. Think of it. I want you to really think about this. Oh, you're not going to have your own doctor. Blah, 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 blah. Whatever. A whole nation that is, that the enemy has, not us, not you, I pray. If you're in that, if you're in that mold, crack it and get yourself out of it. Or come for prayer, whatever. But we have a whole nation that is angry and fearful over health insurance not having enough money not having what where are we supposed to put our faith church in God amen remember when they came out of Egypt God told them Go and get all the silver from your enemy. Go get all the gold. And they opened up their doors and they gave it to their slaves, all their silver and all their gold. Talk about it. Talk about God. And then they left and there was not one feeble amongst them. Hallelujah. Okay, that was free. Ephesians 
now to him who by in consequence of the action of his power that is at work within us is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly far over and above all that we dare ask, think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, and dreams. Sounds pretty powerful to me. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations. Now let's really let's dissect this a little bit, okay? Let's go up to verse 19. That you may really come to know practically through experience for yourself the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God, may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body who is filled and flooded with God himself. God is saying here that, that you are to be filled through all your being unto all the fullness of God may have the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly flooded, wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Wholly flooded with God himself the richest measure of the divine presence and become a body wholly filled and flooded with God himself. Now, my desire is to start teaching in January in the early class and we're going to learn about the Holy Ghost and his power and his presence. And I charge you to come, I, I, I challenge you to come because these are promises that God has given us and people are not availing what's been given to them and they're not receiving what's been given. They don't, they don't have the understanding and the knowledge of the Holy Spirit, the full knowledge. We have some knowledge, but the full knowledge. And that is so important in the hour that we live in. Now to him who, in consequence of the action of his power that is at work in us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly far above, far over and above all that we dare ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. This is a promise from God, and he expects us to have this. God sees us with this. I'll be honest with you. God's sitting there shaking his head and trying to figure out why in the world his children are not walking in the fullness of this. Amen? How many have ever looked at your kids, and you've taught them, and you've taught them, and you've taught them, and you look at them, and you say, don't they get it? <laughs> I mean, we even use the rod. And we think, don't they get it? <laughs> What's the problem? They don't get it? Yeah, John's back there going, whack. I mean, well, 
what do you think God thinks? He doesn't even use the rod on us. I'm sure he's wanted to. He gives that responsibility to parents. Amen. Philippians 4. <laughs> well, some parents. Philippians 4. 19. Some parents. Fewer and few. Here's, here's the truth. Let's get right into it. Parents are afraid to use the rod on their children. There's fear again. Whole country fearful of insurance. Medical insurance. Whole Christians fearful to go God's route on what God says to do in disciplining your children. What else are we going to let the enemy bring fear in? Yet my Bible says God's not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Okay, we'll move on. It's going over well, I can tell. 419. Well, that's pretty heavy. <laughs> sure, oh, I'm in Ephesians. Don't go to Ephesians. <laughs> go to Philippians. <laughs> Philippians 419. Oh, let's move up a little. Let's go to 13. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Let me tell you, church, my desire when we get into this in January, is that you are going to know the inner, the inner strength that has been infused inside of you. And you will be self-sufficient in everything. When, you, when we get to know the Holy Ghost to the degree that he desires us to know him, there will be such a change from the inside out. Hallelujah. But it was right and commendable and noble of you to contribute to my needs and to share my difficulties with me. And you Philippians yourself well know that in the early church days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving except only you. Now, this is, a pow this is powerful. He's saying that you, this church, opened up a credit and a debit account. That's pretty powerful. A debit and a credit account and giving and receiving except only you. For even in Thessalonica, you sent me con contributions for my needs not only once but a second time. They'd been smart. They would have been sending it continually. Not that I seek or am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit, the harvest of blessings that is accumulating in 
or to your account. Okay, now let's look at this. There is an account. Now he's talking about those that are giving to him personally, okay? That God has set up an account. And he's saying here that, let's move up a little bit. Um, he says, I'm not, not that I'm seeking or I'm eager for your gift, but I do seek and an, and an eager for the fruit which increases to your credit the harvest of blessing that is accumulating in your account. So he goes in, in verse 15, he says, You Philippians yourself well know that in the early days of the gospel ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church assembly entered into partnership with me and opened up a debit and credit account in giving and receiving except you only. Now, here is he he's speaking about abundance to them and about the, the debit and credit account that they have with God. That's pretty powerful. I want you to really look at this and think about your debit and credit account that you have with God. You have one. What car do you have out there today? You got the old one? Well, I bought that one, so that's my... <laughs> I wasn't allowed to give in the new one. God wouldn't let me. It was really hard. He wouldn't let me give in the new one. He said, no, it's for the church to give in that one. So I wasn't allowed to give in that. So let's, let's use, we can use both cars. I've tried to get him to sell this one, but he won't. So let's, let's you know, I can, I, I can actually see, I actually see a, a gift that I gave to Pastor, and you actually see a gift. Terry really gets to see it, because she walks out, gets in her car, and there it sits, right in her garage. <laughs> so the abundance is sitting in your garage. Gets out, walks up, walks by it every day. Thank you, for, by the way, for storing that there. But you see it, and you know that you have a, and this is exciting, a debit and a credit account in giving and receiving with God. Amen? Get excited. How many know what you gave towards that? Exactly what you gave. I'm going to tell you, I know what I give. I know what I give. I keep track of what I give for a reason. Let's move on. So he says, not that I seek and am eager for your gift, but I do seek and am eager for the fruit which increases to your credit the harvest of blessings that is accumulating in your account. You have, many, maybe you didn't give in the car, you weren't here at the time, but you have given to this church and you have given to Pastor and I and you've blessed us and whatever. So there is an account out there that is accumulating. Say that word with me. 
I have an account that's accumulating. Really say it like you mean it, like you really see, I have this account that is accumulating, okay? I have this account that's accumulating. Nobody can take it because God has it. China can't come in and say, I own it. God has it. You got it? It's God's. It's yours. He's holding it there. What Yama done is tapped into it. Okay? Y'all get what I'm saying? Think of the interest rate pastor saying. We know that God's interest, if you, if you borrow against your tithe and you don't give your tithe one week, and then he expects 20% interest on that. You say, wow, that's a, that's a high interest. It reminds me of the Carter days. Think of the interest on your account. Okay? You want to, we can give you a mic because I know you probably have things you want to say over there. He goes on to say, but I have your full payment and more. I have everything I need and am amply, amply supplied now that I have received from Aphrodite the gift you sent me. They are fragrant order and offering and sacrifice which God welcomes in which he delights and my God, verse 19, will liberally supply, fill to the full, your every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Now, you need to start tapping into your account by taking these scriptures and going after it. Because it's not going to do you any good in heaven. Am I correct? Like I said last week, I hear the sound of abundance. I really hear the sound of abundance. Second Peter 1.11. I hope you're getting something out of this. I hope it's making sense. Are you getting something out of this? Is it making sense? Because I can go back and we can get it, you know, I can become... I can break it down better. Pastor can come up here and he can share what he's getting if he wants to. 2 Peter 1.11 Thus, there will be richly and abundantly provided for you entry into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. Richly and abundantly provided. Let's see what he's saying. reason why I went to this scripture. Well, take it home and read it. Leviticus 26.5, I'm sorry. I like this scripture. Let's 
go to verse 2. You shall keep the Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. Leviticus 26, 2. You shall keep the Sabbath and reverence my sanctuary. I am the Lord. We do keep the Sabbath and we reverence his sanctuary. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments and do them, I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall give her increase, and the trees of the field yield their fruit, and your threshing time shall re reach to the vintage, and the vintage time shall reach to the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land securely. I will give you peace in the land, and you shall lie down, and none shall fill you with dread or make you afraid. And I will clear ferocious wild beasts out of the land, and no sword shall go through your land. Praise you, Jesus. So he's saying, and your threshing time shall reach to the vintage. Let me see. Let's go up to, I'm going to go into the um, King James here. Verse 4, Then I will give you rain in due season, and the land shall yield her increase, and the trees in the field shall yield their fruit. And your threshing shall reach you in the vintage, and the vintage shall reach unto the sowing time, and you shall eat your bread to the full and dwell in your land safely. This is coming. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 39. There shall be plenty. Say plenty. Watch your mouth. And the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work. And the Lord your God Verse 9, will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand. I want you to say this. And the Lord my God will make me abundantly prosperous in every work of my hand. You ready? And the Lord my God will make me abundantly prosperous in every work of my hand. Do you guys believe this? Sounds like I'm out here speaking like I have a friend and they do church in their you know, home and they, they have a curtain behind them and there's nobody there but them. And they're broadcasting. So I want to hear this. If you really mean it, God wants to hear this. It says, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I don't know about you, but I'm about ready to shout. Ready? So this is what we're saying. And the, verse 9 in the Amplified, And the Lord your God will make you abundantly prosperous in every work of your hand. Do you believe it? Amen. If you don't believe it, don't say it. Okay? So, and the Lord, you can say it after me. And the Lord my God, Lord will, my God. Make will make me abundantly prosperous in every work of my hand. Now, when I think of, there's prosperous, but then there's abundantly prosperous. Amen? And then it goes on to say here, 
in the fruit of your body, of your cattle, of your land, for good. For the Lord will again delight in prospering you. For the Lord again will delight in prospering you. As he took delight in your fathers, if you obey his voice of the Lord your God to keep his commandments and his statutes, which are written in the book of the law, and if you turn to the Lord your God with all your mind and heart and with all your being. So we know that there are those in this country that have completely taken the Ten Commandments out. They don't believe in the things of God, but we do. So all that stuff that could have gone to them is ours. You got it? Don't concern you about yourself about them. Concern yourself about you. Start commanding these things to come to you. Start reminding God of these things. This is not the time to be playing around. This is the time to bring forth the word of God on abundance. He said, I wish above all things that you prosper. The two things that the enemy's trying to steal from the people in this country is prosperity and health. And yet those are the two things that God says he wishes above all things that you have. Please get this. If you don't get anything else, get this today. You're going to have to go out and stand on this and speak it forth and fight for what you have. Amen. Psalms 132.2. I'm not going to, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not going to let it run all over me, the enemy. You're not, you need to get him off of you. Get him out of your mind. Get him off of you. Get him off your family. Get him off. And you have the word and the power and the authority to get it off. So start moving. Psalms 32, what did I say? 132.2. Did I blow it again? Well, I did. Move on. Isaiah 30.23. I was rushing and writing this down and fast as I could last night. Isaiah 30, 23. Forgive me. Pastor's laughing. If he types it for me, then it, it usually gets checked. Isaiah 30, 23. Then will he give you rain for seed with which you sow the soil and bread grain for the produce of the ground and it will be rich and plentiful I like those words rich and plentiful in the day your cattle will feed in the large pastures you know when God talks about things to his people he talks about rich and plentiful rich plentiful abundance amen Amos 9.13 
This is going to be in the section where you normally don't run around in, so they might be sticking the pages. How long has it been since you read Amos? Amos 9.13. <laughs> Nobody's talking. Okay. These are the days. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. And the treader of grapes, him who sows the seed, and the mountains shall drop sweet wine, and the hills shall melt. That is, everything here before barren and unfruitful shall overflow with spiritual blessings. Glory to God. And I will bring back the exiles of my people Israel, and they will build the waste cities and inhabit them. They shall build vineyards and drink the wine from them, and they shall make gardens and eat the fruit of them. And I will plant them upon their land, and they shall no more be torn up out of the land which I give them, says the Lord God. So the days are coming that the plowman shall overtake the reaper. And the treader of the grape, him who sows the seed. You need to take these scriptures and start confessing. You need to close your eyes and see this happening. You've sown the seed. It will be overtaken. It will be given back to you. God's already given seed to the sower. It's been planted. Amen. Now the last scripture I want to go to is in Psalms 1-1 because this is very, very, very important on concerning your harvest. Okay? I can't tell you how important. Some people might disagree with me. Some people might agree with me. I really don't care. But the word is the word and you need to I don't know what happened to those birds, Dan. They kind of left. Hang on a minute. I want to look up another scripture. Hang on. And you'll get out in time. Okay, we're going to do two scriptures. Psalms 1.1. If you don't abide by this, I'm going to tell you, it's going to clog up your blessings. It's going to keep them from getting through to you. Not you're going to keep them from getting through to you. I'll put it bluntly. Okay, if you, if you don't abide by this, you will keep them from getting through to you as quickly. It'll trickle. You'll get trickles of it, but you won't have the full turn, open the windows of heaven and pour out the blessing. So it's up to you. Blessed is the man that walks not 
walks and lives not in the counsel of the ungodly, following their advice, their plans and purposes, nor stands submissive and inactive in the path where sinners walk, nor sits down to relax and rest where the scornful and the mockers gather, but his delight and desires are in the laws or the word of the Lord, and in his word, the precepts and instructions, the teachings of God, he habitually meditates, ponders, and studies by day and night. And he shall be like a tree firmly planted and tended by the streams of water, ready to bring forth his fruit in its season. This is the season. Okay? But if you desire to do verse 1 and don't stop it, then the fruit, your season, will be pushed back. Its leaf also shall not fade or wither, and everything he does shall prosper and come to maturity. Now, if you look at this, it, it, this is something that will take place. There's a season because you have followed verse 1. You've, you've not done it. You've, you've refused to get with these people. Your delight is in the word of the Lord, and you meditate and ponder and study his word by day and night. Okay? So what you're doing is you are opening up yourself and preparing yourself to receive the blessing in your season. Because when God says the season is now, the season is now. And it will hit, it will come upon those that have been obedient. Now I'm going to give you another scripture that's going to line up with this one to prove it. Okay? It says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the word of the Lord, and in his word doth he meditate day and night. He should be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he does shall prosper. And then he goes on to say with the ungodly. What's going to happen with the ungodly? Well, if you're sitting around with the ungodly, God can't bless you. Well, he's going to bless me to prove to them he's God. No, he doesn't work that way. Okay? Not, not in this. Let's turn to Jeremiah 17, 7 and 8. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope is, is whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall not shall, but her leaf shall be green and shall not be careful in the year of the drought, neither shall cease from yielding fruit. It says in, in the King James, Most blessed is the man who believes in, trusts in, and relies on the Lord, and whose hope and confidence the Lord is. For he shall be like a tree planted by the waters, and spread out its roots by the river, and shall not see in fear when he comes, but its leaf shall be green, it shall not be anxious, and full of care in the year of drought, nor shall it cease yielding fruit. What the enemy has put out there in these 
last four years and three more to go unless something takes place is what we're seeing here. It's trying to cause people to become anxious and full of care. We know what full of care means in the year of the drought. We have to keep ourselves pure and we've got to keep that word coming in and we've got to keep the keep sowing and allow the Spirit of God to move and allow His Word to work. We can't allow any areas to become clogged up. I'm done. You have anything? Come on up here. I know you do. It's easier for John if you do this. Real quick, are you in the land of promise? One more time. Are you in the land of promise? Okay. This is written to the Jews, but it can be applied to you. Go to Deut Deuteronomy chapter 15. This is because the Jews are now in the land of promise. We are in the land of promise. That's what you're saying anyway. That's what you're telling me, right? Okay. Deuteronomy chapter 15. Look at verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read from the Amplified. But there will be no poor among you. Some of you need to take that before the Lord and say, I'm not supposed to be poor. For the Lord will surely bless you in the land which the Lord your God gives you for an inheritance to possess. You said you were in the land. That you're possessing the land. Do you have enough? Some of us are scratching our heads. If you think you don't have enough, you can call on the scripture here. Lord, you said that if I'm in the land, I should not be poor. If only you'll be careful to listen to the voice of the Lord your God, to do watchfully all the commandments which I command you this day. You've heard what you need to do. Take the word and work the word. That's all he's asking you to do. Work with the word. Your, our duty is to work the word. God's responsibility is to make the word work. We work the word. It's our duty to work the word. And it's his duty to reply to the word. He replies to the word. Then you, you bring it back to Isaiah. Where he says, let us reason together. I'm working the word. You need to reply to the word. What's the word say? I can't be poor. I'm in my land. Okay. You want to go back and greet people? You notice the two things that 
the enemy has come against the people in this land are prosperity and health. Pardon? Well, liberty also. I hope that was an eye-opener for some of you. That's why I don't watch the news. That's why I don't listen to it. Because all it's going to do is give you doubt and unbelief on what you're believing for. So, rise up to what God has promised us. He's promised us prosperity. Amen? And you've had, how many weeks have we had? How many Sunday mornings? 24? 25? 44? We're in 44? 44 weeks of prosperity that those of you that came have been putting that in your spirit. It should be, you should be about ready to just leap out and grab hold of it. Father, we thank you for the privilege that we have for your word, to have your word, to have your word uncompromisingly, to see the written word and the spoken word and be filled with the Holy Ghost and have the privilege to be taught the word and, un and understand it so we can go forth and ignore every evil report that's coming forth knowing that your word is greater knowing that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Knowing that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And so, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters this morning. I thank you, Father God, that they get themselves stirred up and realize that you have more for them, more than enough. There's more than enough. not to allow the cares of the world to enter in and choke the word. But to allow the word to trample down the cares of the world. To have full authority over the cares of the world. So I thank you, Father, that we get a hold of this and we go forth and speak forth the word instead of the problems in the society that we live in. You told the children of Israel to go out and destroy everything that was against you. Thank God we are living in a grace period. We thank you, God, that you are our, our shield and our buckler. And I thank you, God, that the anointing is upon your word and that we take your word and we use the sword of the Spirit, which is the word, and we move forth and we go forth and set the captives free. We praise you for this, God.
Let, let this be the best week that we've had. In Jesus' name, amen.